Welcome to the latest Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. And I'm Stan Guthrie. And John, we're going to look at the March-April 2015 issue. Headlining your beautiful cover is The Novel as Protestant Art by Jody Bottom. Yes, this is a terrific piece. You know that there are some influential scholars and critics who claim that the novel is quintessentially secular. I mean, they'll admit that there are religious people who have written novels. They'll even admit that some of them are good. (laughs) But they will then go on to say that the very nature of the novel is secularizing, that it emerged at the very time that the forces which were bringing about secularization and Western civilization were so powerful, and that even though there are these outliers, you know, books by people who cling to vestiges of belief and so on, that by its very nature, the novel is about doubt, it's about questioning, Mm. it's against the kind of authority that goes with religious belief. It's subversive to all that. That's its nature. And Jody has the effrontery to say that not only is that not true, but that the novel in its heyday is quintessentially the Protestant art. And he makes that case. And whether or not all of our readers agree with him, they'll get a wonderful tour. Part of the fun of the piece is just the range of Mm -hmm. books and authors that he covers. And I'm really looking forward to the response we get to this piece. Well, I can't wait to read it myself. It sounds fascinating. It is. What else is in this issue? Well, there's a really nice section that includes a number of pieces that in some way or another reflect on religion in modern America. There's Mark Knoll writing about a book by Matthew Avery Sutton called American Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. That's a history of modern evangelicalism that stresses the influence of premillennialism. And that was published by Harvard University Press. You know, that's how I came to faith, right? Tell me. <laughs> well, I grew up in a home where Christianity was not emphasized, and so I was pretty much a blank slate about most of these things, though I did have a basic belief that there was probably a God up there somewhere. And I got my introduction to the Bible and to the gospel through Hal Lindsey's late great planet Earth. You've confessed that to our listeners before, and I think it takes a lot of guts to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It would be much more prestigious if, you know, you said you were reading, oh, I don't know, someone like N.T. Wright or... (laughs) That um, came later. (laughs) (laughs) No, the foolish things of this world are shaming the wise. I want you to know that my grandma, who was a missionary to China, and and I've mentioned her many times in our conversations, I can see her, like it was yesterday, sitting down with her Schofield reference Mm -hmm. Bible. She was a dispensationalist, but she was much more a practical person. I have to say that one of the things that, from my perspective, goes awry when people 
look back historically and then try to interpret the influence of this or that you know, point of view. And they often overinterpret the ideas. And it's not the ideas aren't important. I love ideas. All right? But if you actually knew my grandmother and watched her live her life day by day, the picture you'd get is very different than the picture that you often get from accounts of people who are swayed by this particular outlook. I mean, as I said, she could interpret charts with the best of them and all that kind of thing. But I think whatever people believe, you know, whether they're anarchists, which supposedly there are some floating around among us now, or Buddhists or evangelical Christians or people who say they really don't believe anything, they always live with tensions. And sorting out how those ideas play out in people's lives, much less the life of a whole nation, is a tricky business. But anyway, Mark reviews that book along with Grant Wacker's biography of Billy Graham. And so the piece is called Jekyll or Hyde, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) You get the dark side in Matt Sutton's book, and then you get the more benign side in the book about Billy Graham and his times. And then John Turner from George Mason University, who did an excellent biography of Brigham Young a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. he also reviews Matt Sutton's book along with a book by a scholar named Catherine Jen Lum called Damned Nation, about hell in American religion. Alicia Kaufman, who was our colleague here some years ago before she went to seminary, and now she's at Dubuque, she reviews a book called The Rise of Liberal Religion that deals with popular publishing that disseminated ideas that were dear to the hearts of liberal Christians in the 20th century in the United States. And a professor from Emory, Joe Crispino, who is writing for us for the first time, does a piece on three books by Robert Wuthnow, the prolific and very influential sociologist. So I think of all those pieces as part of a kind of cluster that play off each other in interesting ways. How do you put all this together? (laughs) It's an embarrassment of riches again, isn't it? Well, I'm blessed working with a lot of good writers. I just wish we had room for a few more pages in every issue. We could have even more, but I'm really thankful that we're continuing to exist at all. Yes. And I'm already looking forward to the next issue. Let me ask you one final question. Sure. It's very intriguing. What is a Christian Buddha about? What's well, about a story that has evolved over the centuries and changed as it spread from one place to another. And wherever the story goes, it takes on a slightly different coloration. And Terry Muck traces this story, which starts as a Buddhist story and then gets spun in various ways over oh. the centuries, including in the medieval era, a Christian twist. He uses that as a lens to think about how do we think about the plurality of different religious understandings of the world and how they relate to each other. It's a really interesting piece. And he's the guy to write that piece. He is. All right. Thanks very much, John. Thanks, Dan.